everybody. Thank you for catching up on replay. Hope that we're doing well. Hope that we're doing well. Just going to um, send a few invites so that I'm not here on my lonesome. It is that day of the week that is my favourite in this community. Why Wednesday? Send a few invites. Hope that we're doing well. Sorry I'm a few moments late, just had a coaching session, so I'm getting to it as quick as I possibly can, thank you for being patient with me, still sending some invites, let's see how this is going, let's see how it's going, that'll do, that'll do, have we got on, guys here we go, Lisa's on, Sarah's on, Craig's on, Sarah's on, Kerry's on, Haley's on, amazing, Eve's on, Zoe's on. How are we doing? Whew, I feel a little bit nervous for this one. So, um, I did my first Why Wednesday when I first started this community in October of last year. Um, and it was, it was fairly basic, I will say. It was mainly around a little bit of an overview of what the why is and the golden circle and um and then a very tame timid insight into my own um my own why and while my why probably hasn't changed i feel like my story needs a bit more honoring um and i've reflected a little bit more about my story and kind of what experiences have shaped who i am over my 31 years on this planet um, and I'd, I feel like I feel like now's the time I need to share that. So um, I'm gonna step into my story. I, I, I wouldn't say it's an exceptional story, but I'll, I'll let others judge that. I feel it's very um, humdrum, middle of the road. But hey, that's not the point. My story is my story, and um, it's the only one I've got. So I'm gonna tell it. So I hope that you're all well. Drop me some comments. Let me know that you're there. Um, and yeah, I'm going to get started if that is all right with you. So we've got quite a few people on. Thank you so much for joining. Why Wednesday? So we've had all over, I'll have to count, but we've had nearly 20 of these. Nearly 20 of you, 20 awesome and inspiring people that have, that have joined us to share their why. Um, and it is, again, my privilege to be able to do that with you um, this evening so if i'm looking down it's because i've got notes um but yeah where does it start so i was born 1987 i was born in may 1987 um my mum and dad were um very young at the time and still in 1987 my dad left so um yeah six months after i was born my dad left my mum um, and that went on to, to shape my life, really. Quite a significant moment at the age of six months, which um, fortunately at the time I didn't know anything about, but it's gone on to shape a big part of who I am. And I'm conscious that I've got a few family members in this community. Um, so deal with this information as you will. This is obviously my story and I'll tell it from the way I remember it. I don't mean any offense to anybody. Um, it's all said with love. So, um, yeah, so my mum brought me up, a single parent, um, for a few years. 
um, she's absolutely been my role model. She's been a um, an inspiration. She is the she is the definition of optimism. She's the definition of um, she is the definition of, of hard work ethic. She is up, Luke's up, Mike, Michael. Um, she her mantra is um, it'll be okay. It'll be fine. It'll be okay. You know, she's a, an inspiring, inspiring lady. Um, just great work ethic and, and positivity. So that was me at a very young age of, you know, six months without a dad um, and a single mum at the age of um, 18 bringing me up. Um, and yeah, big love to all mums. Absolutely, Sarah. And uh, how old was I? Um, a little, uh, mum then... Mum then met um, Ian, who is my brother and sister, Tash and Zach's dad. And so he brought me up. He, he, he was my stepdad, but in, in effect, he was my, was my dad um, growing up. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I had a good, I had a good childhood. Um, I, I, I only look back on my childhood with fond memories. Um, but up, at the, up to the age of, I think, 12, um, mum and Ian split up and once again I became the the man of the house shall it say um I became the the eldest male in the house and uh, and this time it was a bit different um you know my brother and sister Tash and Zach who are also members of this community um were quite upset were quite upset by this um and so too was my mum you know and at the age of 12 I remember remember my mum crying on me um, and she was trying to explain how um, she didn't love him anymore and, and tried to explain that that's why it was happening and you know and at the, at the age of 12 what did that really do to me? It made me grow up quickly and I think the most important thing that that did for me was it started my empathy I think in that moment, I wanted to relieve my brother, my sister, my mum of any sadness. And I, I've been the eldest child as well. I've always naturally um, or, or engaged with adults more than younger people. And um, I just, I've, I guess from a young age, I, it, I, I would always be able to relate to adults, be able to relate to emotions of people. Um, you know, I did a Tony Robbins thing and it said I had feminine energy and I guess what that really means is that I'm in touch with emotion and it means, hi Helen, thanks for joining. Uh, and it really means that I can understand and I can relate to other people. And, you know, having my mum cry on me and be upset at that young age, if you're watching mum, you know, much love to you, I, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, I, th I think in that moment I had to grow up quickly. Um, but as I say, you know, my mum is my role model, optimistic. Um, we moved forward, you know, we moved forward, we kept going. Um, uh, and another kind of situation that haunts me, does it haunt me? It still affects me, is I Ian, stepdad, came to pick up, um, pick us up for a day out, I think it was. And I ran back in the house to, to pick something up. I must have forgotten a toy that I wanted to take or something like that. Ran back to the front door and he'd driven off with my brother and sister and and uh, and left me behind. So 
again, you know, you know, just entering my teenage years, already having an abandonment issue around kind of my real dad. Now this was happening again with with stepdad. Um, and I think those times shaped me a lot. You know, I think I think in those moments, you know, I, I can I, now reflecting back on how my next few years panned out. It really makes a lot of sense. And I think I've always been driven. I've had an insatiable drive to better myself. Um, and, and I wonder whether that's driven by the fact that I just needed someone there for me um, to be proud of me. Um, and actually, I, I then became dependent on me. And actually, I wanted to um, be that person that was proud of me, maybe. Um, because I had no male role, male role model. I had no male role model. I had no one really to look up to. Um, and I think I became that person. I think I became that person that I wanted to um, be proud of. Um, you know, I was the first in my... <laughs> I was a little bit naughty at school sometimes. And again, I take, <laughs> I take this back to... I take this back to my... Um, my empathy side of things, because um, I think I, th <laughs> I was a little bit mischievous. Um, and I think it comes down to this. I just want to make people smile. I just want to make people smile um, and, and laugh. And sometimes, yeah, being a pain, in the <laughs> pain in the backside of the back of the class was my way of doing that. It definitely meant that I didn't get the best grades that I could have done. I got pretty much B's, which was... I guess, wasted potential, but I had a good time. And obviously I met Lisa, my childhood sweetheart, by pulling all those jokes and pranks at school and trying to make her laugh too. So um, I've got to own all that for everything good that it gave me. Uh, but anyway, that insatiable drive to better myself, I've always been that headstrong, determined, you know, nothing will stop me. Um, I'm depending on me, I will do this and... I was the first out of my family ever to go to university. Um, I went to Bath Spa, so just up the road. I've always been a homeboy. I've lived at home um, in, in Trowbridge in the same town since I was born. Um, I obviously was settled down with Lisa at that point. We'd been together three years. So I commuted every day to Bath Spa University doing psychology. And the reason I did psychology is because of this, this empathic, because this wanting to understand the world, being curious, wanting to understand why people do what they do. Um, and that alongside watching Too Much Wire in the Blood with Dr. Tony Hill, which was Robson Green at the time. I was really fascinated in human behaviour and why naughty people did naughty things. Your first proper boyfriend was from Troy Ridge. <laughs> oh dear, I feel for you, Helen. We're lovely guys, really. But anyway, yeah, I was really interested in why naughty people did naughty things, which then led me, after graduating, um, to joining the police. Uh, so, so Lisa had already joined the, the Wiltshire Police at this point, um, and she went into a back office job, just a safe, a safe, safe job, um, whereas I was going to change the world. I was going to change the world. I was going to be a criminal profiler. I was going to solve all the cases, until the point I didn't realise that those jobs... <laughs> Those jobs don't exist. Criminal profilers 
don't exist. So I went into um, amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna find him and I'm gonna tell him what a big mistake he's made, Helen. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I went into the police and I went into the emergency call centre. So I was taking nine 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 calls and I was dispatching officers on the radio. And again, here I am at the age of 21, having to grow up again very quickly. 999 calls uh, are serious things. I've dealt with some serious, serious issue uh, issues, events. Nothing can prepare you for it. Um, I've dealt with young people phoning me on 999 saying they're being chased. After 10 minutes of trying to get this person to safety, we established that the person they were being chased by was the person in their head. And me at the age of 21 thinking, oh my God, I can't help this person. You know, being an emotional fixer, I want to fix people's problems. I couldn't fix this person's problem. You know, trying to deal with that emotional going home at the end of my shift thinking, there's more I could have done, what could I have done? I, I had to phone a lady who was at work and tell her her house had burnt down and that her son had been taken to hospital. You know, these were really empathic events, you know? I would much rather have done it than my colleague because I, I wanted to be the one that to be able to help in any, and make that situation, it's a perverse thing because it's never a good time to interact with the police, but the, the difference you get when I call you is that I'm I'm trying to make that as best as I possibly can for you. So, you know, that empathic nature coming through again. You know, I, I had a call from a, a really old chap who tried to who was reporting his wife missing, saying that she hadn't returned home from walking the dog. And the information on my system said that his wife had died two years ago. So that empathic nature again, that I'm sorry, sir, but my information tells me that your wife passed away two years ago. Oh, yeah, I know that, but she's gone out and she's gone for a walk. So I've got to remind you, you just, you just acknowledged that your wife's passed away. Oh, and it was like I told him the very first time his wife died. And I think I can't underestimate reflecting back on these things now at the age of 21 being empathic, compassionate, problem solving, not just life problems, but emotional problems. You know, I think that's been a huge, huge grounding for me in in what I now do um, in terms of leadership development and, you know, confidence development. But we'll get to that in a bit. But it's all context. You know, I've, I've dealt with, unfortunately, the death of a police officer on my on my watch, you know. He was on my watch and, um, you know, for for months it was like, what could I have done differently? What could I have done that would have prevented him from from having that accident? And, um, yeah, you know, he was my age at the time as well. It, was, it, it haunted me for a long time. Again, um, highly responsible job. I thoroughly loved my time in, in the control room. But... There's a time and a place, and shift work was not my friend. Um, so I um, I decided that I needed to leave. Um, I needed to leave that role. I wanted to stay within the police. Um, and, yeah, so I 
turned my hand at what I could do and coming from a research background in, in terms of my degree, I went to become a, um, an analyst. Um, and I was a little bit different. I was a little bit different to the traditional analyst we'd had previously. I'm not necessarily a numbers guy. I don't, I don't thrive on numbers. I thrive on people and, and in my role as an analyst, I could influence people, I can work with people and I can encourage them to take certain actions through the use of numbers and, and spreadsheets and, and all that kind of nerdy stuff. But what, what I thrived upon was making a difference in a positive way through the actions of people. Um, and in that role, I was able to start my leadership development journey. You know, I, I at the age of, I think, 23, I, I got my first leadership development program. And it's been something I've really been passionate about since, you know, self-discovery, learning more about myself, learning more about how um, to better connect with other people. Um, that's where it started at the age of 23. I've, I've connected, I've, I've, I've collated a... Um, a reflective diary ever since, you know, asking myself those two simple questions. What went well? What could go better? It's probably one of the single best habits I've ever created. Um, because that reflective nature keeps me moving forward. It keeps me honest. It keeps me accountable. Um, what I, what I, I have found is that, you know, in my reflection... In my reflection, and I really got clarity on this recently, you know when I talk about all that um, wanting people to be proud of me stuff? A lot of people used to call me arrogant when I was younger. And it's something I fought. Like I, it's something I do not slightly entertain. Don't relate to it. Um, yes, I can be needy. Yes, I can be emotional. Yes, I can get distracted. Yes, I can be consumed in, in thinking about myself and, and am I doing well enough? Am I doing good enough? Um, but I think the, the thing that I did work, uh, during this time most that came across as arrogant was needing validation. You know, I would probably seek validation so much that I would probably tell everybody what I was doing and what great things I had achieved. Not for the hope of being arrogant or rubbing it in, but to try and validate myself, you know, and, and even, even in the last sort of year, I've, I've, I know this is an issue for me because no matter how much I've worked on my mindset and, um, been getting more vocal and present with my views on leadership, when someone said to me at work in the last nine months, you don't fit in anymore. They meant it in a positive way to say that I'd outgrown the place, but those words, you don't fit in anymore my instant validation haunt came straight back and it wobbled me hard. So I know that actually I have a legacy issue of needing to needing validation. I know I don't need validation and I'll tell you why I don't need that in a minute. But that was my younger years, you know, seeking validation in the opinions of others. Um, I guess there's a flip side. The benefit of me having that is that I constantly found myself lost in the service of others. If I'm trying to get validation, I'm trying to please other people. And, and what that's really done for me over the years is built a habit of serving others. Built me a habit that I will thank my dad, that I will thank my absent dad, I will thank um, my wife, my mum, 
anyone who's had any involvement in my life to date because that is a positive that is going to serve me incredibly well for the rest of my life. The ability to put my own needs to one side and serve other people. Um, so fast forward a little bit, Lisa and I get married at, at 24. I just started the new role as an analyst and um, we, we, we're playing it down to family about having a child. We're like, yeah, we, we will, we will, we will. We're, we're gonna go on a few holidays first. But within a few months, we were like, no, now is the time. Now is the time. We always wanted to be parents. And that is the point which our lives kind of changed overnight. Corey came into the world. My eldest son, he's six years old, he, or nearly six. He'll be six in October. So he was born in 2012. And um, overnight, our lives changed. Overnight, our lives changed. Um, and it really has taught me the... Um, what it means to live for someone else. What it really means to put all your own needs to one side and start showing up for those around you that really need it. Now that obviously helped me get out of my own head and stop worrying about all my own little silly issues and things like that because my son is never gonna look at me as if I need validation. He's just gonna look at me as if I'm, am I gonna feed him yet? <laughs> am, I gonna, am I gonna look after him? Am I gonna change his nappy? I, you know, it, it made life simpler. I had a reason to show up. Um, I had a reason to make my life better. I had a reason to make his life better. And it wasn't just to prove other people wrong. It was absolutely positively focused to make his life better. Um, and um, shortly after that, <clears throat> as part of a leadership development program, I came across the, um, the Simon Sinek um, Golden Circle um, TED Talk. If you've not watched it, it's one of the most viewed TED Talks of, of all time. It's one of my favourites. And uh, quite frankly, again, is another life-changing moment for me. Maybe not like that, but I never thought the same way ever again after after listening to it. It fundamentally changed my perspective on leadership, communication, um, and, and what it means to to be a leader. Um, it's all about finding a purpose and it inspired me to start finding my own purpose and in doing so um, I reflected and I if I if I think back to all the jobs I had done at that point I was head of a, of a head of a performance team so analysis making things better I was a control room operator 999s where my where my motivation was to make things better for people in, in times of hardship I was um, on the Prince's Trust, um, where I really enjoyed helping um, people aged 16 to 24 um, uh, get back into employment, education and training, again, making their lives situation better. And I'd recently been trained to be a coach. And I found that Everything before being a coach was about making things better, but generally by kind of a, a process, thinking about my day job, my analyst job, it was mainly numbers. I was making the organisation better through numbers, through analysis, through meaning, through influence. 
what I really reflected on was that there was another level of my purpose. There was another level what really truly connected me to my why and it's when people are at the forefront of it. It's when I'm helping people be better. It's when I'm helping people be better that I am thriving in my element. It's what I love to do, it's what I would do to the end of all time, it's what I have done for free for the last year or more. It's it's something that I am absolutely passionate about and it's about helping people believe in themselves. Helping people like I needed in the you know in my teenage years to have someone else believe in me. I want people to believe in themselves and to know that if they can find that inner strength, that inner self-belief, they don't need the opinions of others so that they can show up, so that they can be themselves, so that they probably do more, so that they probably um, step into their potential. Because do you know the impact of more people that live up to their potential? The world is a better place. The world is a better place for everyone that does what they love with passion, with enthusiasm, um, so that is the world I want to create. That is my purpose, to create people who do what they love, that believe in themselves, that believe in their mission and their purpose, and they show up as best as they possibly can to leave the world in a better place. I'm so proud of that. You know, I look back on my life and I think everything happened in my life for a reason leading me up to that point. Because, you know, I'm not doing this on my own. My legacy is about the impact that I enable others to create. You know, my legacy is about the, the you know, the things that Corey, Brooke and, and Lisa go on to do as a result of being happier, more fulfilled, more confident. My legacy at work is about the leaders that I create and the thinking that I generate and the, the confidence that, that emanates from those, those people. That's my legacy. I don't need to be the hero. I don't need to be the one, um, you know, winning the you know winning the race or winning accolades. I'm winning when everybody else around me is winning, and I genuinely wholeheartedly believe that. And I look back and I, I look at my my experiences with people and emotions and empathy. I can't tell you how emotionally connected and empathic I feel when I see, hear, and feel the success and the happiness of other people. I can't explain it. I can't. I can't put into words. I'm an emotional guy. Um, my eyes are, you know, they're they're this colour for a reason. Um, you know, and I think being empathic is not only deeply caring about the success of others. It's being able to relate to them where they currently are, so that as a coach, I can appreciate where they are, but also see their potential in a non-judgmental way, and help them bridge the gap between where they are and where they potentially could get to. And if I can see it more than they can see it, then that's even more of my privilege because helping people step into potential that they didn't even know was there, oh man, it is the best feeling in the entire world. Um, you know, that I, I'm blessed with a gift that I genuinely feel good or I genuinely want to help other people, you know? Um, it... it I'm very blessed that that's the way that my life's turned out. You know, there's been hardship along the way, but it's given me this sense of insatiable desire to help others win. 
So yeah, that is my why. That is my why. To leave the world in a better place through the impact of people who believe in themselves and through the impact of leaders who can put their own needs to one side and lead their teams with confidence, self-belief and purpose. <laughs> Good to see you, Zach. Pam, how are we doing? Luke, thanks for joining, brother. Um, Lauren asks, where do you start with a reflective diary? I would love to start with one. Um, just start simple, Lauren. Start simple. I, I, I just had a, a notebook and I used to jot down my thoughts. And to make it kind of more purposeful about... Um, you know, reflective by nature, I, I, to get a bit of structure to it, I just ask myself the two questions. What what went well? Do myself the service of knowing what went well so I could keep doing it, but also what could go better? Take the emotion out of it. What could go better so that I can, you know, really live, learn and, and reflect on that? So those are the two. And again, um, there's a number of different questions you can ask myself, uh, ask yourself. Um, but start simple start simple and, and um you know it, it could even be goal setting could be even like what do i want to achieve who do i want to be eve put a post in earlier that just said you know we always do to-do lists but whoever does a to-be list um yeah so there's a number of things you can use for, for that um thank you sarah no i really appreciate it thank you it's really kind of you so generally when i tee people up to do why wednesdays i say right give a little bit of a story tell us your why um, and then go on to explain around what helped you find it and what do you do as a result of finding it. So what helped me find it was absolutely watching Simon Sinek's TED Talk, um, which I can share a link to in here if you'd like. And then and then started a reflection process around that, around what is my process? What what do I love? You know, I'd always been happy and fulfilled by my work. I've always enjoyed it. Um, what my challenge was was getting clear on what elements of it did I enjoy most um, and you know the things that I guess you know, as Steve Jobs would say connect the dots backwards what 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 those dots were for me was being able to positively impact on people you know so that was my clue and then all I had to do then is spend a little bit of time writing the words that meant the most to me um, the things I was doing in those moments, so thinking about those stories, what is it that I'm doing? You know, what is the contribution that I'm making to the to those people? Ah, cheers, bro. Uh, what is it that I'm making a contribution that I'm making for what impact? And and trying to get clear on those two things really helped me get into words. Um, and yeah, I'm still reflecting on it. I'm still refining it. My my why is my why. You know, and, and, and what I'm doing is getting more experiences and more, um, yeah, more more experiences really that help me articulate what that might be and, and, and what it is. Because the more I'm able to communicate it, this is what I've been able to do as a result. Like, blows my mind. Like, I have obviously always worked with, with happiness and fulfilment, but it's helped me make, you know, conscious decisions around what opportunities mean make more sense to me so um you know I've, I've been on a, a secondment in the last year which was all linked to making things better you know would i have taken that not knowing my why maybe but just less clearly you know 
um, I'm able to show up and articulate that to other people and it attracts the right people in your life. You know, good Luke Fraser is on and um, he reached out to me from seeing my content on Instagram. You know, my, my wife, I'm articulating it, it becomes a beacon, a radio beacon and Luke's tapped into that message and that story and he's asked me to to come on to his podcast, which I was very grateful for, which he's published today. You know, very fortunate. Um, I'm pursuing my coaching business. You know, I'm pursuing coaching for myself outside of my day job. I would never have done that, you know, or maybe I would have done, but certainly not so soon because I know that it's my why. I know that it's my purpose. I know that that's where I'm going to gain fulfillment. Um, I've connected with some incredible people in the last year incredible by making a decision to show up and start coaching more often within lisa's community within um the unique world it's built my confidence to really show up for more people it led me to creating my own community in october called the we are always better than yesterday community for which you are all amazing amazing members thank you so much for being here and, and doing me this privilege um because you are enabling me to live my why by connecting you awesome human beings you are enabling me to live my why by enabling me to help you be better you are helping me live my why. Um, I've been to Bratislava. I've been European coaching a team to help them find their why. I would never have done that. I would never even dreamed of like, obviously, yeah, I'd love to have gone uh, worldwide with my coaching. Certainly not my, my first engagement, helping a business find their why. But i tell you how that happened. It happened by me helping someone find their why, Beth and Laker. And Beth and Laker then going Facebook Live telling the world about the impact that I had had on her by helping her find her why. And then someone watching that video inspired by the authenticity of Beth and going, ooh, find your why. Maybe, maybe we could do that at work. And then he goes to his boss and his boss goes, oh, I've been reading Start With Why. Definitely, let's get it in. You can't make those events up. It just happens. And it happens because the, the why is loud and it's clear. So those who want me will find me. And those that don't, it's cool. Because my message wasn't for you anyway. And exactly the same as what Craig McHugh was dealing with on LinkedIn earlier today. Those who matter um, will show up. I think that's the word. It, it's. You, I don't need to be anything other than me because those that are tapped into my frequency will want what I've got and what I can offer. And those that don't, they just don't. It's, it's cool. I'm cool with that, you know. Um, so, yeah. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. This is this is only the first year of We Are Always Better Than Yesterday. I've got big pl things planned for the future. I'm definitely going to host a We Are Always Better Than Yesterday conference. We're going to sell out the Civic Centre in Trowbridge. Uh, I don't know when. I certainly haven't started planning it. Um, but I'm just enjoying every day as it comes. I'm enjoying um, the Why Wednesdays. It's such a beautiful feature. I've, I've been inspired by so many of your stories. Um, it really does inspire me to keep going. Um, I've been connected with some amazing, amazing people in the last year. Um, 
I'm just so grateful for all of you. I'm so, so grateful. Has anybody got any questions for me? Any, only the beginning, my friend. And, 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 and this is it, king of mindset. Only, I, would, I will never, I will never be saying that to other people, Sarah. If, you, <laughs> if you'd like to say that about me, that's absolutely fine. You will never catch me branding myself the king of mindset. I wouldn't even dream conference is going to happen exactly amazing only the beginning awesome craig thank you my friend much love stephanie's on wow it's a long one i can't read that and for those of you that have not seen stephanie's interview session on sunday i highly 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 recommend you go back and catch up with that one because it was amazing it is so inspiring Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for your love. Thank you so much for your comments. Really, 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 really appreciate you. Um, and yeah, unless there's any questions, I'm going to jump off. Oh, this was fun. Oh, thank you. Amazing. Have a great week. Please tune in tomorrow night. We've got Craig McHugh, the mindset mentor. He's going to be giving a, um, a he's going to jump on and he's going to give you the opportunity to jump on with him and, and do a bit of a bit of live coaching, live mentoring um, to see if we can help or if he can help uncover, um, you know, any of your barriers or, or help you move forward in any way. Any help, advice that the guy is incredibly knowledgeable, experienced um in what he does in the in the in the people development world um so yeah make the most of him he is using his time um don't be shy you know this place is a safe community be vulnerable ask your questions no one's going to judge you don't miss out on knowing what you might not have had the chance to know don't miss your opportunity hugely valuable guys much love. I appreciate every single one of you uh, for you watching live and every single one of you on replay and every single one of you for showing up. I really, really, really appreciate you. Much love. He, he's got the best beard in the industry. It's incredible. See you guys. <laughs>